another episode of the Fatter Future Podcast. Don't be a fatty, F-A-D-D-Y. Everybody loves it. In front of me is Kyle Knapp, expanding ideas on movement and fitness. Kyle, my friend, I've known you for quite some time, which is strange to say known you because we haven't right. actually met in person, but on social media. Uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Great. Yeah, same thing. I do. I feel like I know Joey without really ever having sat down and talked to him. It's just, it's one of the cool things about that little IG fitness realm is I feel like I've gotten to know a lot of, you know, our little fit fam of exercisers. It's it's a pretty cool space. Yeah, it, it's so. nice. And sometimes you can see personality coming through and in, in different posts and things. And often when I actually meet somebody in person, which is for the most part, years later, uh, it, it, it's very strange. It's not like, you know, I mean, back in the day when there was dial up AOL, I'm, I'm dating myself here, uh, you know, and people are like, Oh, you met online. And that was kind of weird. And now it's, you know, you develop friendships and commonalities online, which, uh, is the norm now. So it's, it's, yeah. it's pretty great. So what do you I agree? What you do for a living? I know that might be a complex answer. What, what's your main thing, man? Well, the majority of my time I spend in personal training one-on-one, -on -one. like I'm at a studio here, a small, like 2000 square foot studio. And so I train people, you know, pretty much full-time, you know, just one-on-one -on -one, dealing with people. All ability levels. Um, and and then as a hobby, I do that of the fitness thing on Instagram. And then taking up more time than I probably would like. But I'm sure most of us kind of know my full-time regular trainer. Um, so I really, I just kind of help people. I help people reconnect to health. That's why I tell them. And a lot of it's through the fitness and movement standpoint, but I mean, I really deal with people on a day, you know, daily, regular basis about, you know, just kind of reconnecting to health. So I, I like to pretty much what I do. And then, yeah. Reconnecting to the health. What, what does that mean to you? That's, that's a great statement. Well, I think for majority of my career, I've been in the business about 20 years. I have dealt with people who have sacrificed their health to acquire wealth. Um, and I'm blessed to be in a, an area where uh, the clientele and kind of a four personal training and fitness, you know, consulting services, but many of them really have spent most of their life in their first their nutrition, their wellness, their sleep. I mean, you name all the different things about health and most of them really have just let that go in the pursuit of family, but mostly business. And so that was something I learned a long time ago is they're sort of now, you know, the old tagline is you, you know, lose your health to acquire wealth. And then maybe at some point you try to get back and use your wealth to then reacquire health. So I've really, I say, <laughs> I just kind of get people to start thinking about that again and start putting into practice that you know connection and taking their health seriously because a lot of times once you've kind of gotten to the point where a lot of them are or even some of their kids like i deal with their kids they realize how important it is to take their health into consideration because a lot of times you just sort of put that on the side burner because you're so busy navigating life that you kind of forget that all the other pursuits are great until they start to wear you down to a point where you can't enjoy some of the things that you've you know been able to acquire in the lifestyle and all that that you've gotten accustomed to. Yeah. So yeah, it's just sort of helping them think about that and then put into practice some things that you know get them back um, on a healthy side of things. That's fair. Do you feel like 
there's a certain age where there's no return to getting your health back or um, is it open-ended? It's open-ended. I, I haven't discovered a top end. Like I just, I met a guy not too long ago, about a year ago, he's in his late seventies um, and a couple in their late sixties that literally had done nothing. So the one older guy in his late seventies had done a little bit, but not much, but the couple had never worked out in their entire life. I mean, they had done a little bit in their teens maybe, but from 20 to 70, so 50 year gap, they hadn't done anything and they are just crushing it and they are new people. They are, they come in with energy, their daughter's saying, Hey, I can leave my kids with them now because they like they're vibrant and they're strong. And I don't, you know, so that was just in the last year, a prime example of, to me, it's never too late. I don't think there's a top end to that. I mean, how much return you're going to get, maybe there's a, you know, a difference between a 25, 35, 50, 80 year old. But I think to be able to recapture health and, you know, some vibrancy, I don't, I've never seen a top end to that. So, which is exciting. And that's why I tell people when they come in, it's not too late because I think if you're going to make some of those steps, like, you can accomplish at least a little bit, if not a lot, just, you know, it's up to, up to each person. So, so yeah, yeah I think it's open-ended. And, and that, that's, that's great because, you know, you, you, you hit the, there, where they're just kind of you know, recapturing their health and movement and being vibrant. If they wanted to become a body, it'd be a little bit harder at 60, 70 years old. Yeah, but <laughs> you, you can, you could still do it. Right. So when you have somebody that right. comes in, that's fresh, that has never worked out at any age, where do they start? Well, sometimes it depends on like where their motivation is in coming in and, um, I almost always start people simple and it's like getting them to walk around and usually that ends up being some form of some form of play. So like, for instance, like if we're going to use this couple as an example, they actually train together, husband and wife train together. Um, and I noticed really quickly the dynamic between them was a little bit competitive. And so I just wanted to get them moving around. So we do really simple little, you know, games like walk a tightrope. And so they're getting used to some balance work and they're just pretending that, you know, their daughter was a gymnast. So they're pretending about walking on a balance beam and we're doing different things. I'm having them, you know, balance on one leg. I'm having them experience eyes closed work mm. is I'm just trying to get them to move in as many different directions and sense as much of their body as possible. And usually there's not one prescription because I feel like everyone's a little bit different. And, mm -hmm. um, I do think that there's probably some commonalities that you could say, um, are used, but for the most part, I just try and get people to move in any which way I can. And like I said, a lot of times it involves, you know, something that's play, some hand-eye coordination, some tennis ball catch, something that gets them to associate movement with a little bit of joy and fun and a little bit less of the pressure of getting in shape and working hard and all that, because that all comes down the road. And I think if you're going to get to that point, you're going to get to that point. But a lot of yeah. people I've noticed, you know, I'm sure you've noticed the same thing. The barrier is that psychological aspect. So uh, for me, that probably step one is sort of kind of trying to break down some of the psychological barriers to people. If they haven't done it, there's probably a reason. And so trying to get to, uh, to that, uh, and then just sort of get them to move in a bunch of different ways. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that, and one thing about personal training is different. If you're going to write somebody up a program, you might write them up a four or six or eight week long, eight week long, eight week long program where it's, you know, workout A and B, and it's just kind of just generic. Whereas personal training, you need to keep them entertained as well, right? They, they almost right. experience a and these different senses. So how important is it for you the different senses when you're training people? Um, it is inherent and foundational to probably everything I do, um, particularly when I look at dealing with people, you know, everyone is unique and everyone's their own kind of person. Everyone has their own history. So when I meet someone for the first time, I really look at trying to listen to them and assimilate all of that different stuff, because for me, health is global and psychological health, mental health, you know, enjoyment is all part of like fitness and moving well. So I'm looking at the entire picture every time that someone moves and anytime that someone comes in to see me for that hour, usually there's a little bit of everything involved um, because I think it's all important. And I, I want always associate movement and working out with feeling the whole body and feeling good about the whole experience because it's easy for people to get in and get real specific. And if you're into that, it's great. But most of the population that I deal with and most of the people I've dealt with, they just want to feel good about the entire situation and they want to come back. So for me, that has to include almost everything, you know, a little bit of fun, a little bit of balance, a little bit of strength, a little bit of flexibility, a little bit of play, all of those things. And then that psychological sort of emotional element as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it. Uh, go ahead. You touched on uh, you touched on eyes closed training. What are the benefits of doing eyes closed training? Uh, one of the things that I've kind of found at the very beginning is it gets people's attention because a lot of times you don't think about you're navigating your by by feel. We're so visually oriented that a lot of times we look our our way around forgetting that our body is moving ourselves around because we can get real disconnected and you almost take it for granted the fact that you're moving yourself and your body's undergoing hundreds and thousands of little things every second and you're getting up and getting down and squatting and doing all these things and you don't realize how much is going on so for me the eyes closed immediately gets someone's attention away from out there and draws it in so something as simple as balancing on one leg and then throwing an eyes closed element in and they realize how much is actually going on, they might feel it. But as soon as they get that disconnection, that visual uh, removes and they just, you really sense rents. And then once they've kind of understood that, then you have them squat, you push without the eye stimulus and you're all of a sudden you're forced to take those other senses and pay attention to them. So for me, when you're reconnecting to movement and what your body is doing, it's a great tool to get people to sort of, stop worrying about the outside and start paying attention to the inside. You know, when we look yeah, at the balance aspect, it's, you know, it's, it's huge too. Yeah. I have people do that. Obviously, you know, if people listening, you don't want to do an eyes closed, heavy back squat. <laughs> that, that's probably not, not a good idea. idea. Uh, maybe you're on a Smith machine or something, but yeah, I'll have people you know, kind of, yeah, go into a squat or, or a lunge without any weight first. And, and especially when it's a, um, a bilateral movement, they can really tell which leg they're pressing off more, if their hips are shifting, what's happening with their shoulders, and then talking them through 
movement or even them talking themselves through the movement say close your eyes and go out on the squat what do you feel where do you feel like your shoulder is where do you feel feel your hips are where do you feel the pressure in your feet and then you have them do you know 10 of those maybe um or do a squat and lift one leg up and squat lift the other leg up they might start rotating in space it's really interesting to see what yeah. happens uh with with their I, I do like incorporating that and then eventually you, you know you can you can go down the path of throwing some weights on there, but yeah, it's a, it's a really good uh, stimulus, um, and you know, just feeling that that sense, almost like sensory deprivation. You you close off yeah. those senses. You you really have to feel uh, where your body is in space. Yeah, when you're yeah, working, I, with, I, yeah. When you're working with people and they they come in and they they want to you know, regain their health or you know, get back to health, whatever terminology you want to do. How important is their nutrition plan? Do you cover that? I do. You know, and I've gone down uh, years ago. I used to take it really seriously and it was a component. And as time has gone on, not that I don't feel it's a big, important, a big vital piece, but it's something I focus less on. I have mm-hmm. very little control over that. And unless someone shows me that they're going to into some of the things that we can talk about i don't cover it a ton we'll talk about some basics we'll i'll discuss the importance of how it can help them but i really have found a huge level of frustration a lot out of people and i got honestly got a little tired of the diet wars and there was so much um vitriol and hatred and you know and ambiguous science and you know, all these different things. And I kind of get to the point where I was like, you know what? We'll keep it real simple. If you want me to be involved, I'll be involved. It's, I think it's really important. But if at the same point, we end up deciding it's something that's not going to be a huge part of our relationship, then that. So I'd say probably a quarter of the people now I deal with nutrition. The other 75%, I give them some guidance and maybe some resources and then they that on their own which for me and for our relationship with people has made it a lot better you know um and i just i really enjoy the fitness aspect more as well so it gives me a lot a lot more enjoyment probably you know dealing with that kind of stuff i don't know because i i'm i mean everybody knows like fit uh, nutrition's huge right right yeah yeah i mean did you so, know that's the thing people nowadays it, it's really interesting uh nutrition has almost become like politics. You know, it's you're Republican or Democrat. Are you paleo or keto? Are you plant-based or are you carnivore? And there's studies that people just have this confirmation bias around and you know, B-O-D-Y is is completely different. So for the most part, the people are like, oh, what diet do you want? I'm like, well, it just depends on the week and what I'm trying and to see how my body <laughs> if you're if you're kicking ass at life and you're eating Doritos and Cheetos and and Velveeta and you feel great and your blood work works great, fine. You're a freak. Go ahead and keep doing that. Yeah, you know, like it's, <laughs> right. it's, it's one of those crazy things. Or if I'm working with a, an actor or somebody who wants to cut a bunch of weight, you know, maybe we dial things in that way. But they they also have a private chef or somebody that can be making that food for them. So that that's entirely different yet yeah, you're right i just think that it's easier to get lost in the weeds with your nutrition plan as opposed to exercise yourself for people now for you you, you really yeah. specialize in different movement patterns 
Um, you know, what are your uh, three favorite body weight exercises that people can try from anywhere? Oh boy. Uh, I, I thought you might hit me with a question a like this. Simple question, but yet so hard, right? Because you, you got to narrow it down. I know. I, um, I'm, you know, in general, I'm a big believer in movement. And so the things that I like are probably going to be things that are movement based and that cover some ground and that are sort of three dimensional. The first thing that kind of comes to my mind is a crawl aspect. So whether that is a very regressed kind of baby crawl or whether that is a super advanced bear crawl and all of the different things you could put in the weight and the speed and the distance and all of that, a crawl of some point would be one of my favorite things for all the different things it does for your body, but also for the coordination, the locomotion, all the different cross body, you know, slings, you look at that. So that in itself would have to be one of them. Um, I love climbing. And so one of my favorite things is sort of a rope climb. Now you can't really regret or you can't have too many people. It's a kind of a high, a high stick get on. For me, a row of some kind, and particularly armed row, is one of my favorite. Hmm. TRX, whether it's at a bar, whether you're doing something along those, but some kind of row where you can pull. And I love to alternate arms, just to kind of the same thing, to try and get some movement in there. Um, hmm. And I think the the other thing would just be a lunge. Like I love lunges. You can do them anywhere. You can make them really simple. You can make them extremely hard and complicated. But a lunge is probably one of my favorites and it's silly as it seems to some people like walking lunges and all the different things that you can do with that to me has a tremendous amount of value super low buy-in you can do it anywhere so mm -hmm. all right those are my top three yeah that that's i mean you 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 hit anterior you hit posterior you, you hit you hit legs there's um all different planes of motion and whatever you're doing, whether you're doing a forward crawl, a, a lateral crawl, I mean, a 360 crawl, as you know, I, I, like, to, I, I like to do uh -huh. different crawling motions and, and throwing bands into things. And, you know, that right there can be all body weight or, or done anywhere. And lunge patterns, I mean, whether you have a, a side lunge, a curtsy lunge, a, sp a split squat, which is, you know, pretty much a, a lunge pattern anyways, um, you know, and then you're, you can hit your um, the posterior chain with the, the, the rope rows and I've, sometimes I've used those. Yeah, like the endless ropes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, those are those are great. Or whether a modified um, inverted row, if you will, and a playground. I know that you just made a post today, and you got some sort of like playground workout, or there's a swing, and you're and you're jumping around. What point did you start doing those kind of crazy exercises, like the? Uh, I mean, for lack of a better word, sort of the circus type exercise you're, you're, you're on a swing set and you're jumping around, you're, you're doing that. And with social media, a lot of people see those things and they want to go and do that right away, but they didn't go back and say, Hey, I need to literally crawl, I guess, going back to what you said, <laughs> crawl before you walk and walk before you run. So at what point? Thanks. Well, I know like to, to go way, way back. I mean, I was a relatively athletic person 
and involved in a ton of stuff from a very early age. And then once I kind of got done after college with athletics and whatnot, I just got into weightlifting. So I did for early to mid twenties to early thirties, just heavy stuff. I was trying to put on size and strength as strong as possible. Didn't do anything too crazy yet with athletic, but I put in a ton of strength work. When I was, after my 14, when he was little, we spent a lot of times at playgrounds and we're on swings. And I remember at some point I was on a walk just right around the corner here from my work. And I walked by a playground and it was empty. And I saw the swing and I thought, you know what? What the heck? I mean, I felt I was kind of embarrassed about doing it. I'm like a 30 something year old guy. I'm just gonna go swing on the swings. And so I swung. And it was fabulous. And I really was, I was really surprised at how much I liked it. And sure enough, all the kids stuff coming back. And so I start doing jumps, you know, jumping off the swings and seeing how far I could land. And I mean, I was athletic and I had the strength and the ability to do all that, but that was what sort of started it. And then I just started to go to the playground and play around and hang on things and crawl on things and try to get to have fun and i tried to give myself little challenges and obstacle courses and that's sort of where it all began i call them fitness field trips that i go on it started from that and then everything just sort of built and i try to have fun and play and then incorporate training elements into it and then every once in a while do something like what i did today which was i go to a playground and i do something you know a pulling a pushing and a jumping countdown. So I'm doing gym work, but I'm just putting it in a playground setting so I could use 10 different kinds of pull-ups, you know, ten, you know, basically to give myself that play and exploratory aspect without, while still keeping some of the fitness stuff. So anyway, to answer yeah. your question, long story short, I have spent probably 10 years developing the craft of playing and getting more circus style. So when people see some of the stuff that I do, like it doesn't happen overnight. It's a lifetime of being athletic, putting in a lot of strength work, and then several years of developing, even though now I'm coming down because the more kids I have, the more I start to be careful about the stuff that I do, because the last thing I want to do is hurt myself falling off of a playground or some kind of equipment or jumping on something and have to explain to my wife what just happened. So anyway, um, so, and then I got into American Ninja Warrior stuff, uh-huh. you know, all of that kind of training, you know, years ago, kind of, you know, helped. Now I get a lot of this stuff. So now right. I just so kind of go have fun. You're, you're naturally progressing, you know, up to those things. I think that's a point that needs to be made. And sometimes, you know, it, it should seem obvious, but a lot of people see something like that and think, oh, I should you know, try to do the, the backflip off of a swing set first, but you know, you can barely walk in a straight line, you know, sober. So uh, t- taking yeah. progressions makes a lot of sense. And I know that sometimes I'll go to a playground in our subdivision and it's very strange to see, I'm 38 years old, uh, an adult male at the playground doing pull-ups and things. And, and there's a bunch of kids around. But I would I would like to see a lot more of that. Um, so I'm obviously I try to get out there early in the morning before the the kids are out there, so I don't take their right, right. I know because I get a lot of comments, you know, about hey, you know, let the kids play and whatever the case is. And I there's a the place that I go to the most 
a client lives next door and he told me, because there's never anyone there. So anytime you wanna use a playground, you come here and you'll never see anyone. But I do disclaimer, anytime a kid comes on my playground, I go to a tree off the playground. I let them have the space. <laughs> I, I don't mind them seeing a visual of an adult playing and working out because I right, think that's right. good for kids and for other adults to know that it's okay. Like I'm not gonna be getting in anyone's way and I'm not gonna be, you know, disrupting them, but I do want them to have an example. Maybe it's just, it's my own perspective, but I think it's great for see that fitness and play doesn't have to stop when you go into middle school or high school, that you can kind of create that habit. And there's, as I said, there's, it's open-ended. You can do that the rest of your life, whether you choose to do it in a gym or on the side of a road somewhere or at a playground, like you don't have to stop playing you don't have to stop training. I said, you can be fit and have fun at any point in any place, you know, fitness is everywhere. It's another thing that I like to say. And so that's, I want people to see that. And my, my kids, I want them to see that so that they don't sort of lose that, that natural wonder of, you know, kind of play and the freedom that I think a lot of us sort of lose um, as we go older. And we kind of think that fitness has to happen inside a box. You know, unless you happen to be an athlete, you know, it has to happen at the gym, which I love gyms. I work at a, I work at a gym, but there is also that other element that to me just adds more you know, kind of ability to be fit movement and our overall picture of kind of health and wellness when we step outside the box to be very cliche. Yeah. I mean, I, we share that commonality because when pregnant and, you know, I was like, working out, but I wanted that and you know, like i said i'm 38 now so i was you know 34 35 when he was born and i think i was thinking okay you start you start doing the math right okay when he when he turns 10 i'm gonna be this old when he turns 18 but i i want to be no matter how old i am i wanted to be that dad that's involved and in chasing him and playing tag or when his friends you know start coming over if you know for the house where that where you know the kids always come i wanted to be involved and, and be active and not sit on the sidelines and, and keep playing and essentially be a be a forever athlete i played hockey you know through college so I, I was just wanted to maintain that and that's where when my wife got pregnant he finally came out and that was where my purpose changed and you realize okay now my fitness isn't just about you know, looking like I'm cover model ready and photo shoot ready. And granted, there's a, there's a time and place for that, but now I want to be of more course. healthy and live longer, you know, for that. So all of these things that I'm trying to do to optimize my life is for him to be around longer and healthier and not just live longer. Cause I'm 90 years old and can't remember anything or move around. I mean, just <laughs> cut, cut me off short before that, you know, while I'm still moving around. Right. So when you, yeah. I was going to say, I think that's a natural progression and, yeah. and most people and men, especially kind of have that period of time where we're mostly concerned about how we look and how strong we are and our athleticism and then life changes and a lot of us go through that same thing. And I think that's fantastic. I wish some of the lessons I know now and some of the approaches and concepts I could have like gone back 10 or 15 years and intertwined just a few of them in there. I probably would have gotten a little bit more out of everything I did. Um, but I almost every dad that I talk to at some point kind of has that feel. Um, I'm right there with you. I know exactly what you mean.
Yeah, that's, that's if we could all go back, you know, I wouldn't try to be 240 pounds on skates and just be as big as possible. Like, okay, I was, I was too big and I was, you know, working out multiple times a day and going to practice and, you know, several games on, on the weekend. So uh, to that point, should you work? I practice, move every day, work out three to four times a week. And the working out in my world is literally different every week. Mm-hmm. I don't have any plan. My world is busy. I mean, I'm at the gym here, five or 6 a.m., probably till one, two, pretty much wait, working straight through. If someone doesn't come in or if I have a cancellation, I get to talk to Joey Thurman, something hey, along those lines. Well or I get to go you know, work out, but they're usually not planned. And so every once in a while, a week will go by and I might go get a little quick playground workout and play some pickleball with a client. And that might be it. But for the most part, I try to get two to three workouts in of like, you know, your old weight training or something in that realm. And then one field trip where I'm going out and I'm just playing and exploring a new space or, you know, doing something like what you kind of saw today. I don't think it's good for most people to work out every day. I do think it's good for most people to move at some point, even if it's just walking your dog to make sure that you're moving and kind of getting circulation and getting that head used to always involving some movement, you know, unless it's Super Bowl Sunday, then you, you know, sit in front of the TV and you, you know, watch yeah. stuff or, you know, whatever the case is, or if you're binging Ted Lasso, whatever, but yeah, there you go. I, um, I need to start watching that show, by the way, that, that's do. a big difference. You do. Though. You you mentioned movement and exercise, and I think sometimes people you know get those mixed up. And um, you know, movement, like you said, walking, walking, walking your dog, or even just going for a quick jog. I don't necessarily consider you know exercise for me. A jog sometimes is just after a leg day to get blood flow to the tissue, and I'm not from doing that. But if somebody wasn't working out at all, and it's your 60 year old client a two block jog could be exercise for them. For I mean, sure. I think that's a big difference. So how, how can people really know, you know, where they, they should start from us two days a week of, of working out. Um, what, what is a good plan uh, for some is, um, you know, either has taken a long time off. And I know you said it is person dependent, but you know, should they work out a week should they be on a specific program where you're doing three full body weight um you know um workouts per there's something that you kind of generally prescribe for people um if we have to look at it generally then let's say this person comes in i i tell them usually three times so like if you're going to use a monday and wednesday or friday monday is a full body workout wednesday you do some kind of walk stairs, something active. Like I said, pickleball around here is huge. So that's mm-hmm. one of those things that like you play pickleball on Wednesday and then on Friday you come for another full body resistance training workout, you know, whether it's your body weight or light stuff. That's how I start people and then tell them at any other time, if you want to go for a walk where you are comfortable, you can keep a conversation. That's not exercise, that's activity. Um, if you're playing around, if you're gardening, if you're playing around with kids or grandkids, or if you're doing something along those lines, that's activity. So you do that all you want, as long as there's no you know, repercussions from that. If you're 
sore from going for a jog or walk, then that was exercise. If you feel good after something, I tell people, then it was probably just activity. No, yeah. No, and there are layers to that, but that's generally what I tell people. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that, that's a good perception. Um, so you're doing a, a couple days a week of some sort of full body workout and whether they're, you know, playing a sport or some sort of um, activity that's, I mean, this pickleball is amazing because there, you did so many different angles and you know, lateral motion and stopping and starting. That's really, and the first time I saw pickleball in person actually was this year, I did a, a, mm. a TV segment and I was at local community center and you see all these 60, 70 year old plus people having a pickleball tournament and they were taking it seriously. Like they get trophies, right. all sorts of things. And they see a camera like, what's the camera for? What are you doing? What are you, what are you shooting? It, it was really interesting, but I had no idea uh, how physically demanding the smaller court as well. Right. So they're really getting a lot of that stopping and starting. I think that's something fun that I would like to start playing myself. Yeah, I have a I have a client who, due to some of the COVID restrictions, uh, we and some health concerns, we started working out outside when mm -hmm. the whole thing first started, and we haven't been back inside since. And a lot of it's because she took up pickleball, and she said some friends that wanted to play, and I had played a little bit, knew a little bit, so I started to coach her, and we started to play, and I have really enjoyed that as something I do a couple times a week. Like to all your point of all the different things that come along, and she had never played before. And now she's agile, good hand-eye coordination, good spatial awareness. It's not all from that, but that's sure. really helped her develop just a general athleticism and really have fun, you know, playing and being active and being competitive and, and being an athlete that I don't think she ever really had experience. You can do it in a number of different ways, but pickleball is around here has been something I've seen a ton of 50 to 80 year olds really get a lot out of. And I mean, I'm 43. And I, I love it as much as they do, if not more. So, uh, and my kids can play it. You can pick it up really easy. It's something that I would suggest at least trying whenever you can, because if you're any kind of athlete and you're kind of competitive, you can pick it up quick and yeah. it's easy to do. It's pretty fun. So and as a trainer, a you'll enjoy the movement part of it. Yeah, I'm gonna be a pickleball master. I'm gonna just go for the world championships. That, that's my. You got a lot. Idea. You got a lot of work. If you see any of the videos of some of the U.S. the championships and some of the like they are crazy. Cool. I mean, that's cool. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. I need to check it out. So speaking of working out outside, um, you know, I, I I like numbers as if you found out. So what are um, your three pieces of equipment that you can use outside? Well, number one is swings. So uh, for me, the swings, you can swing on them. You can do push-ups with them. You can do like body rows, use them like a suspension trainer. Mm -hmm. uh, you can use them as sort of agility things. You work around them, you jump over, you jump around them. You know, you do something like I'll put a, a couple of swings together and I'll let them both swing, but at different tempos and I'll work on sort of dodging them almost like, you know, a little bit of, you know, kind of movement, agility, reaction drills. So I'll basically just right. use a swing or swings for a ton of different things. So swings for me, if there's no kids on them, number one. <laughs> I also, uh, trees are probably right up there, depending on where you live and what kind of trees around. And if you're, if you have ones that have limbs that aren't too barky for me, I've had so many good workouts with trees 
once again, you can use them for a lot of things, but particularly for like the pull-up aspect. And I love the pulling and hanging. And there's not a lot of stuff that we usually have access to outside that people, I mean, I'll jump up on a building ledge and hold on to things, but most people aren't gonna do that. Yeah. Whereas you might have a little bit more freedom using a tree, but same thing, like I can use the tree as with the branches, I can use the tree for, you know, one arm, you know, incline push-ups. I can flip on over, use it as a wall. I can run around it. I can do different things where I sort of use the whole concept of it. And I would say for my third one would be, it would be a car. Um, but that's something that not, eh, I said, that's not really feasible, but a bike rack. Ooh, um, yeah. And so using a bike rack for different things, same thing. I love doing dips on bike racks, flipping over rows. I can balance on them. So for me, those would be, once again, just kind of off the top of my head, swings, tree, and a bike rack. So, I, But I, if you go to a I playground, like you have almost everything. Yeah. So playgrounds are my number one go-to kind of all around. But I love to try and find – I love to try and find exercises – wherever I go. So sometimes that'll be my goal is to just go somewhere new, find a space and try and create an exercise out of whatever I have there. Um, it keeps yeah. my brain relatively young and always gives me some kind of workout that I've never experienced before. So, yeah, you're getting a new stimulus, not only for your body, but for your brain too. And, you know, you, you go in and try that and you figure out how your body can move in, in space and, and different angles. Of, I think there's a ton of validity to that. So I've got one more question for you. Where do you hope that the future of thing? Well, not surprisingly to people that have sort of followed me, I I want to continue the the evolution and the expansion of the ideas of what fitness is. And I think for a long time we've got caught in this. Fitness is very structured and you know, it has, you're either this, you're that, whatever. I want, I want the expansion, I want the horizon of what fitness is to expand. And I want everyone to be able to kind of find fitness in a number of different ways. So I hope that instead of sort of battling between what's more important, functional fitness or strength training or Pilates or yoga or this, and, you know, we're running, like, instead of kind of battling on what's the best, I would love to see the space include everything and look at it like we're all speaking different languages. Not that, so I, basically I want, I want the fitness world to become more multilingual. Like I mm -hmm. want us to understand that we're all speaking the same language, talking about the same things. And just because someone's speaking Spanish or French or Italian or Russian or English, their language isn't necessarily better than someone else's. We're all, kind of doing our thing and you can speak one language all you want. If you want to be a, a strength training, basic power lifter, and that's the link, then you can speak that language. But if you also want to, you know, speak a yoga or a Pilates language and have nothing to do with that, you can also progress and talk about fitness and health. So the idea of, for me, I want to get multilingual and I would love for more people to be multilingual or at least to say hey i get it there are elements and there are phrases from this language that i love or there's a concept or there's some grammar here that i love doesn't mean that i'm speaking that language most of the time but i love that phrase or mm -hmm. i love this latin so i want it concept to continue to grow 
And, you know, hopefully as social media continues, we keep going that way as opposed to kind of banging and commenting and this and that and fighting each other. I hope we kind of start sharing the languages and, you know, doing, <laughs> doing the multilingual thing. So it just expands what's possible for everyone. Um, beautifully beautifully said I, I love the language of fitness and being uh, multi fitness lingual fitness lingual I guess that, that's fitness a word. lingual sure yeah, that works <laughs> all right Kyle uh, where can people find you man well most of the time if you're not coming to Newport Coast and living fitness uh, you can find me on, on Instagram I do very little social media outside of that um, but Instagram kylek.fit I share stuff multiple times, try to get out as much new stuff as I can and give you a perspective of all the different ways that I work out myself and that I work with people and hopefully you all get a little something out of it, but I try to keep up with you. Uh, but oh, yeah, right, right. That's just a good tan for me. That's <laughs> um, maybe chest hair coming through. I really have sleeves yeah. on. I mean, whenever ever it's winter or not, I'm just I'm just rocking. I'm allergic right. to sleeves. It's it's okay. I was for a long time too. <laughs> I, I appreciate you coming on, and let's all find our fitness language. I'm Joey Thurmer, and this is another episode of the Fat Future Podcast. Remember, don't be a fatty. F A D D Y. Be a part of the future. Mm -hmm.